Hello, everybody, and welcome to Podcast of the Planet of the Apes. Today's episode is... Episode 2, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. everybody this is andrew and i'm joe and welcome to episode two of podcast of the planet of the apes this episode is all about beneath the planet of the apes and is a little looser than the first episode and a little bit of a train wreck because this movie is a train wreck yes (laughs) (laughs) so we didn't have any guests this week it's just joe and i discussing this movie and lamenting about how long it felt and how terrible it is. But we really hope that you did watch it with us and <laughs> that you'll enjoy our commentary. I think you will. I think you'll enjoy the uh, the commentary that we make. Right. We make a lot of references to stars from the 60s and 70s, maybe the 80s, but that seems way too recent. Very topical. We, we, we really are. The kids are going to love this one. So go download your podcast to your radio. Take out your jacks, sit on the sidewalk, and enjoy a good stoop, because we've got a great show for you. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Joe. Yeah. We watched Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Unfortunately. What were your... uh, Okay. (laughs) What were you expecting? Were we not just playing the game where you say a word, (laughs) and then I say the first thing that comes to my head? That's not what we were doing just there? Oh, okay. Beneath? The planet of the apes. All right, everybody. That's been show number two. (laughs) Thank you so much Uh, for joining us. You should just you should just said the word sucks Uh, after I said apes. I'm not that clever. (laughs) Zip zap. So, Joe, we watched the second film of the original franchise beneath the planet of the apes. What were you thinking this movie was going to be going into it? Not what we watched. I didn't think what we saw was not what what it was I was expecting at all. I honestly thought, you know, there was going to be, you know, yes, they're going to go beneath the planet apes. They're going to see what happened to the race of of humans that were there before. We kind of got that. You weren't you weren't expecting another race of humans. Correct. That's the that's one thing I wasn't expecting. Yeah, we're we're kind of we're, we're kind of jumping, jumping ahead, ahead a little here. Bit, it, it, I, I can't even speak, and that's bad for a podcast. Yeah, no, there's a lot going on in this film. I think that's kind of why I decided it should just be you and I for this episode. Thank God you didn't subject anybody else but me I to would that. Never in a million zero years submit anyone to having to watch beneath the planet of the apes except for your right yeah but i mean that was kind of fun it it is it's a bad movie i think we can just straight up say it's bad it doesn't right now this isn't faring well for our podcast as the second movie is one of the worst but trust me joe just hang in there it's gonna be awesome because movie number three baby Hey, look, I went through a lot of my life like I had never seen the first one 
before I saw the one that Tim Burton had made. And I still kept going with other Planet of the Apes films. So that's got to tell you something. That's true. So and I think that this has watching this movie again for the first time in a really long time has kind of put it in perspective where the Tim Burton movie might not be that bad comparatively. I'm pretty sure you said that to me while watching it. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I think. I and I was that. like, I, I don't know about that. After further inspection and after really kind of thinking about this movie for the last couple of days, from what I remember of what, 15 years ago from the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, 20 years ago, that movie may be much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even just obviously sign of the times, right? Effects wise, it's got it's probably much better than what we got in the second movie. But, you know, I, I know we're jumping around, but, you know, even just looking at my my first note here, though. I wrote opening scene, Roddy McDowell, baby. And I spelled it B-A-Y-B-E-E. And then what did we get? Andrew, what did we get? What did we get from Cornelius? We don't get, we don't, we don't get Roddy McDowell in this film. Roddy McDowell, Cornelius in the, in the first film is in this film. Deceptively. They recap the first movie at the very, like first, like couple minutes of the film. We see Roddy reading the 29th scroll and we cut to Taylor leaving, and that's about it. Another spaceship crashes, and we get Taylor 2, a guy that looks exactly like Charlton Heston, slightly younger. Yeah, we did. We got proto-Taylor. Proto-Taylor shows up on the Planet of the Apes, and he's looking for Taylor. I mean, not only did we get a spaceship crashing, we did get lightning crashes. That's true. That's very true. We got a lot. The first part of this movie is so disconjointed. It's like they wanted to make the first movie again, but with less people and less interesting. It's like the opposite of Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know how like Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead 2 just straight up remakes. They cut a lot of the people. Right. They It remakes the first film, but cutting down the four people in the cabin to two people at a cabin. And it pretty much sums up the first movie in the first 30 minutes. And then it kind of goes off into a new direction. This kind of does the exact same thing where instead of four astronauts, it's two astronauts at the beginning. One of them dies right away. The new Taylor literally goes on almost the exact same beats as the original Taylor. And then it goes off into a different direction. Well, he seems to be, you know, just slightly smarter at the beginning there for whatever reason. And then... Nova. Well, he's not as jaded. Yeah, he's not as jaded. And you know, Nova appears and he manhandles her quite frequently. Way too much. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you have you have him manhandling her. And then you have this very awkward moment between Nova and Heston. And he's just touching, he's touching her face a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of face touching going on. And she just has to sit there quietly because she cannot speak. Yeah, way too much. It's it's a lot of face touching. I'm not going to waste my voice on these guys. Right. And I don't blame her. So I like to think in my mind, Nova can totally talk, but she's just like, these guys aren't worth it. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to go too far. <laughs> no. So there's this weird kind of dynamic throughout the film where we're introduced to this this new pilot. What, what the hell was his name again? I don't even remember. Brent. Brent. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had a hard time remembering that. 
Yeah, as we just kept calling him Taylor 2 or uh, Taylor Prototype or whatever his name was. Brent. So Brent shows up on the planet looking for Taylor. Why? I I don't know. It, they don't explain. They're just like, hey, we followed we followed Taylor's ship. They were they were so easy to be able to like go through a rift in time and follow his ship on the same course. It was like the easiest thing in the world. It's like why why aren't there like hundreds of ships now <laughs> at this point flying in? Right. It took Taylor like seven hundred years their time that they fought. So does that mean that seven hundred years ago they lost Taylor's ship and that this ship has been searching for him for seven hundred years? I mean, maybe. Okay, well, that just doesn't add up. But but here's the other thing. I mean, they would walk 500 miles right. just to walk 500 more. Shut it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to uh, shut me down right there. Um, how about the other guy that was with him? Oh, Skipper. Skipper. Yeah, Skipper, Skipper, he's like, my... Everyone is dead. My wife, my children. You knew what, like, you knew what you were signing up for, right? Into space. Like that, the whole point of the mission of Taylor's mission was to like explore, and they knew that it would be seven hundred years. So if these other guys are following Taylor, they also know it's going to be like seven hundred. It the whole thing doesn't make sense. So throughout this whole thing, Taylor to uh, Brent meets Nova, and I you were legitimately like kind of shocked because you, you were you even expecting Heston kind of in this movie at all. No, that was one thing. Like I wrote down, I was like, "Oh, okay." I guess Heston was too hard to work with because <laughs> I just kind of got rid. Of I think he was too expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, they, like I was like, "Oh, did did was he too hard to work with, or was he too expensive, or what was?" Because they just replaced him with a younger version of him. Right, and we do kind of see through some weirdly juxtaposed flashbacks between Heston and Nova what they kind of did after the first movie, which was essentially just sit on the grounds and and he talks at her. Yes, though that was all the flashbacks and like the, the way that they have memory working is some of the most insane cuts since like and I just recently rewatched the Ang Lee Hulk movie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. You should apologize for that. <laughs> so like I'm trying to decipher which cuts were more disorienting that or this. It's definitely jarring. Yeah. Instead of like a, like a fade, um, it's like consecutive quick cuts between like Nova's face and a really, really close up shot of Charlton mm-hmm. Heston's teeth multiple times. And it really just kind of throws you for a loop each time. You know what was crazy? So this movie was literally two years after the first one. Right. 1970. Yeah. And Heston looks noticeably older. It's weird. He He looks much older. All that smoking. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? So essentially, Taylor 2 meets Nova. Nova is trying to find Zira because earlier we found out that Taylor got lost in the Forbidden Zone by falling through a Super Mario Brothers portal. (laughs) Yes. Um, He did meet King Koopa down there. Spoilers, guys. it, It is literally shot for shot the scene of the Super Mario Brothers movie where Mario falls through the wall to the Mushroom Kingdom or whatever the hell they called it in that movie. Yeah, Mushroom City. Or was it Dinosaur World or something? I don't now we're getting really on this topic. So we're, we're going, yeah, we're, we're, we're jumping, flying off the rails here into bad movie land. <laughs> so yeah, so Heston like just falls through a mountain 
and Nova freaks out and it's revealed that Taylor told her to go and seek Zira if anything happened to him. Oh, he also gives her magical dog tags that we had no idea where they were. I could swear they were stored in his butt. Throughout the entire first movie, Taylor's not wearing dog tags. We see him bunk mm-hmm. naked multiple times. So where were they? Oh, you know, you know where they were. I knew where they were. We all knew where they were. He was standing on them? Sure. Yep, we'll just say that. Okay. She's wearing Taylor's dog tag, so Brent figures out, you know, oh, you you know Taylor. And Nova leads Brent to the City of the Apes. Which is insane to me. <laughs> right, which is the dumbest move possible. Like, I get that Taylor was like, go see Zira if I go missing, because they don't really know anyone else. But also, that's literally sending her to the lion's den. I mean, the end of the first movie, they're like on the verge of getting killed. They're right. on the verge of getting hung. Like right. if they, Zira and Cornelius are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be fine. We're going to go back to the ape city. No, you're going to get hung. You're going to get killed. <laughs> right. Which they kind of just completely ignore that in this film. So we know some time has gone by and there's an uprising within the ape city of the gorillas. Ursus, who's kind of like a major Planet of the Apes villain throughout like novels and books, that's where he makes his first appearance. And he's just a big old gorilla. Like it's essentially the the gorillas are the military. The chimpanzees are the common folk and the orangutans are the government as well as the church. The gorillas are starting to have an uprising because they're just sick of the way that the church and the scientists are messing with humans like the girls just want to kill them all there's no point in having them the only good human is a dead human is something that ursa says and you'll see that ursa says a lot of things (laughs) but that's a that's a clear line that you will see throughout the rest of the series so that's kind of like a big thing at that point so ursa is given this big speech about how they're really in charge and that the orangutans aren't really anymore. Brent and Nova are watching this from above behind the tiniest bush they could possibly hide behind. It's not even a full bush. They're just just standing there. Well, everyone knows scientifically uh, gorillas can't see through any type of foliage. Is that true? Nope. OK, cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> this is no, the, during... Yeah. <laughs> During that whole scene where, where Ursus is giving his speech, one, he does use the words that they need to use naked, merciless force, <laughs> which I wrote down. I'm like, all right. Interesting. OK, interesting choice of words. But then this is also where the first time you actually see Zira and Cornelius again, besides them recapping. Yes, it's the first time you see all of the apes and they all look terrible. They all look terrible and Cornelius starts talking and it's not <laughs> McDowell. And I just said, gross. <laughs> He's got like a, a, a totally different face too. Oh yeah. It's a different, different set of makeup. Yeah. He's trying to sound like Roddy McDowell, but not good at trying to sound like Roddy McDowell. It's a poor impersonation. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, and it's sad because I think McDowell was like directing something at the same time that this movie was being made. And that's why he wasn't available. Joe, you're in for a treat with the next one. Well, hold on. Is it sad or is it lucky for him? I, I guess it's lucky for him. But Joe, you're in for a treat on the next one. I'm just telling you that. The next one is where Roddy starts taking center stage throughout the rest of the series. And mwah, it's beautiful. Yeah, we see Cornelius and Zero. We see the orangutans. The orangutans 
are maybe the worst looking apes in this entire movie. Like Zayus looks fine. He it's still the same makeup and everything, but everything else looks like a cheap Halloween mask that they bought when the first film was popular. Oh yeah. Well, I noticed that they had static mouths on the chimps. Like some of them just had that like very like open yeah. looking chimp mouth. Which they had in the in the in the first film as well for like background. Yeah, but they hit it you know. really well. Right. This one they did not. We do get though, and I, I don't know if this is going ahead a little bit or or not. We do get a beautiful scene though of Ursus and uh, Zeus in the spa together in a sauna. I was uh, I was gonna say something about that. I was waiting. I was like, one of us is gonna say well, it. Yeah, because it's the first time you ever see an ape's knee. Not even just that. They're they're literally naked. <laughs> well, that too. But like they have like it's the first time you see their legs. That's well, pretty you know weird. what else is weird is that when they have their armor on and their 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 clothes, their armor, there's a immense size discrepancy as to when they take their clothes off for the spa. <laughs> Ursus is like much bulkier when he's in this like it's like he's wearing a like a cummerbund when he's wearing his armor he's like he's like oh man i need to slim down like, he's, he's like it's ridiculous <laughs> he's elmer fudd it's ridiculous yeah they definitely get a little bigger in the sauna but i just feel so bad for them wearing full-on gorilla outfits oh. in a sauna with makeup on i mean i doubt the sauna was real i they were sweating like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the smoke definitely looked like it was a, a little, uh, a little overlay going on there. Yeah, a little, yeah. little, little camera trick, if you will. Sure. Um, oh, I, at this point, I have a, a note. Um, Brent is clearly the second Darren because I am seventy-two years old. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Brent or Cornelius is the second Darren? Brent. Because now it's kind of like both. Oh, is it God. Brent or Cornelius is the second Darren? Because they both kind of are the second Darren. Maybe maybe that was in reference to, to Cornelius. Oh, I think it was. Because like we get a whole scene of like Zira and Cornelius in their house, and it feels like a really bad like Three's Company episode where – the Zayus and the gorillas are outside, but Brent and, and Nova showed up, but they got to hide everything, but they don't know how to hide everything. And they, they keep yelling at the door like, oh, no, we're coming. We're coming. I think that's when I clearly got the weird second Darren vibe, which I am 67 years old, I assume, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> We will. Uh, I would actually love to see a version of Planet of the Apes where Doctor Zayas is played by Don Knotts. I, let's let's make it happen. We can't. Why not? <laughs> you know what? Let's move on. We're gonna keep going. <laughs> right. We're just let's just keep it going. Let's keep right. it rolling. So, really weird scene. The worst part of that is Brent was injured, and Zero was like patching him up. And she's got like a bloody towel and she doesn't know where to put it. So when Zayas comes in, she just puts it on her face. And then she pretty much just says that Cornelius hit her. 
Like that's their cover story. Right. Which makes no sense because in, in any kind of like, even in the first movie, like Dr. Zaya seemed to know what kind of relationship the both of them had. Cornelius would have never hit Zira. It makes no sense. It is genuinely frightening. I mean, that that's where the writers took that. <laughs> they went with domestic violence. <laughs> it, it, is, it is so stupid and so bad. I, I don't understand it. Oh, my God. Dr. Zayas for a scientist just is not too bright. He's the most unobservant scientist ever. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, humans are just hiding behind a curtain. You're not going to see them. Well, yeah. And also the fact that they literally have no windows to block out sound. They have a door that you can still see through. And yet they're being as loud as they possibly can while hiding. Yes. Yeah. No, they're they're not good. You two hide in here. So essentially <laughs> Brent gets away and then gets captured. And then literally goes through almost the exact same thing that Taylor did, but much shorter, like in the span of four minutes. Oh, they speed that thing up. Oh, super up to the point where for some reason they just trust Zira to go and lock him up in a buggy that's going to bring him to the shooting range. That, like, Let's not forget that she said, let me double lock it. There's one lock on that gate. Yeah, I, I think we know we're in for a bad movie at this point. But I think what's really funny for me was that you didn't know how bad it was going to get. Because like everything that we're talking about right now, it's just bad. But it gets so much worse. Well, I remember coming into this and you were like, Joe, I, I like I don't want to sully anything like I don't like this this movie. You're like, I don't like this movie. And I'm like, watch, I'm going to love it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I yeah. didn't love it. Taylor, two and Nova, they break out of the buggy and they get away. At this point, I would really like to bring up the, the next very disturbing thing of this film is how they treat the horses. Oh, yeah. There are so many shots of like horses falling down and clearly in pain. I mean, there's horses getting shot. There's horses getting like the, the gorillas are doing like battle training. One to knock humans off of horses, but humans don't have horses. Only the apes have horses. Right. So why do they need to do battle training where they're jumping off of mountains, knocking humans off of horses? Every, everything about it is just terrible. I mean, we don't know. Maybe some of the humans have horses. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think they have horses. It, it's really bad. We, we've got characters that are completely out of character and we've got animal abuse and domestic violence. So we're off to a really good start, I think, on this film. Then we finally get Beneath the Planet of the Apes, which is not that far beneath the Planet of the Apes. It's literally like maybe like one little cave. Oh, no. Yeah, there's this tiny little cave and the gorillas just refuse to go in there. Yeah. So Brent, a.k.a. Taylor 2 and Nova escape into the tunnel. And that is where we have our like Statue of Liberty moment. Brent then sees the most, you know, iconic scene in all of Planet of the Apes territory. What does he see? He sees a phone booth. He <laughs> sees a payphone, actually, not a phone booth, but like one of the, the, the payphones. And for the younger listeners of the show, you, you won't know what that is. You will also not know who the second Darren is. 
Yeah, yeah. And Don Knotts. You won't know who Don Knotts is either. Also, have you heard about Planet of the Apes? Let's just preface this here that both of us are in our 30s and we both shouldn't really know who these people are. True. Uh, So, all right. (laughs) We've got a real good audience here. So, yeah, he sees a payphone, but he also sees the the subway tiles. Which subway station were they at again? Yes. Uh, Queensboro. Queensboro. There it is. Queensboro, yeah, Queensboro Sta- Station. You got the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Which is huge and huge. like, oh, wow. Whoa. Iconic. You know exactly where you are. And then you've got the Queensboro Station and a payphone. Kind of the same thing. So Taylor, too, kind of freaks out, doesn't know what to do. Kind of just like lays down for a while. Well, let's not forget what else he sees down there. It was the last thing he sees that that kind of gets him into the little freak out mode. He finds a summer festival poster and that was it. That was his final That's straw. Right. <laughs> that is totally right. There's a New York summer festival and he's like, I missed it 3000 years late. So he starts hearing like this buzzing noise and this buzzing noise is like hurting him. And he's like, oh, we got to go follow that. I have to go to the hurdy noise. Right. So him and Nova go down the train tracks and then there's like this glowing door essentially. And beneath it is a ladder to get up into the door. And when he touches the ladder, the buzzing stops. And then he lets go and the buzzing goes again. So it's like it knows he's there. Yeah, it's the hum ladder. That's what I call it. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, it's a very big New York staple, by the way. Right. Well, speaking of New York staples, so he goes in, he kind of comes out the other side and it's essentially just random places from New York. Yeah, there's a famous raisin there. It was we don't know if it's the right one, though. Right. There's the stock exchange, the radio Radio City music halls there. And then there's like a terrible looking like I think it's supposed to be a bus in the background. That's the painted background. Yeah, it's just a really, really obvious painted background. The bus looks super flat. Eventually he gets to East 51st Street. Is that anywhere near St. Patrick's Cathedral? I'm not sure, but I want to say no. (laughs) <laughs> just, uh, just based on the way that they have this whole thing going. Nothing, ma- nothing makes sense. So yeah, New York uh, is completely jumbled. So they get to uh, what we think is St. Patrick's Cathedral at this point. The humming stops. Oh, oh wait. wait uh, do you mind if we go back just a, just a minute? Go for it. So it's not just the humming that makes him move. I just want to talk about that. He hears the gorillas talking outside of this cave. <laughs> That's right. And they're they're audibly talking. Uh, I don't know why we got to be out here. Blah, blah, blah. This is the forbidden zone. And if they're that close, why don't they just check the cave? Because well, it's beneath them. And <laughs> both both yes. uh, where it is located and to them as gorillas, it's beneath them to look in a cave. Ah, ah. Also, Nova is completely knocked out on a rock. That's right. Most she just fell sleeping. She place. just straight up falls asleep on a rock underneath the telephone. Out. Yeah. Yeah, she's out. Um, but yes, anyway, yeah, back to St. Patrick's Cathedral, which is what the assumption is. So now we're at St. Patrick's Cathedral and Brent's got a, like a weird thing where he, he tries to drink water from everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it's always bad. He's drinking water from like the a stalactite in the subway. So gross. That is just not a good idea. Even three years later, three thousand years later. Yeah, I just wouldn't do it. Uh, and then he finds I mean, we got stalactites in New York now. <laughs> right. So he finds. I think it's holy. It's like a holy water pond or what? Are, what do you call those? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a pond, but. <laughs> 
fountain. I don't think it's, it's a, a holy, holy water, water fountain. fountain. But it's a it's holy a water fountain. Sure, it's a holy water fountain. <laughs> sure. Guys, write into us. <laughs> Podcast of the Planet of the Apes. Gmail.com. And, uh, you know, let us know. what What is that? Is it a holy pond? Uh, we're going to get a lot of angry people from the church. Right. Who? <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's trying to drink water from the holy water. It tastes bad. But then out of nowhere... It starts sprouting water, like from like a little like hole, like shooting water out. Like the rock is peeing. So he like goes over and he starts drinking it, motions to Nova to come over and also start drinking it. And then she does. And then he just starts going insane. Well, they, they do this like crazy zoom in. And I wrote the word in all caps with an exclamation point acting (laughs) it is just like in his face you can see his teeth and he's just wide-eyed and i have to kill her right so (laughs) he tries to to strangle nova and he's clearly being controlled by something is he well acting there's there's a lot of like just weird violence in this movie that just doesn't sit right and i know it's a movie about gorillas on apes with guns but this movie just just feels super off. Um, <laughs> Come on, the gorillas break up a peaceful protest. Oh my god, we uh, didn't even talk about the hit. We didn't even talk about that part. Okay, Ursus so, says, "Take care of it quietly," and then he sends a bunch of soldiers in there to pick them up, just to pick them up, <laughs> and remove like, them forcibly. They were going to shoot them right before that. That's also true. Like they had their guns out. I guess there is one quiet, and and that's like a huge, huge rule in the Planet of the Apes lore is that ape shall not kill ape. Yes. And they even mention it later. So I'm like, what was Ursus even trying to do before? It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, there's a ton of like ape hippies that are, they're all chimpanzees. None of them want uh, the gorillas to be in charge, essentially. So you know that there's like turmoil within the ape society. I guess that's what they were trying to tell us. I think it was also, it's 1970. Yeah. Wanted to have protesters in the film. That's probably what it was. Most, most definitely. They're like, we only have one Lucius in the first film. Let's have like 30 in the second. Uh, Uh, Weird. I called him Maximus. (laughs) Yes, you did. I was very confused by that. Editing the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor tries to kill Nova. He ends up not doing it. And he goes inside the church. And essentially, he's greeted by all these weird psychics, one of which is totally King Tut from Batman 66. Again, we're only in our early 30s. We are going to get into Batman 66, though. Well, we're going to touch down on that. Quite a bit, though. Yeah. And then I, I wrote another reference that. You know, so many kids will get. Uh, I thought that the lead psychic looked exactly <laughs> like Robert Vaughn. These are some very relevant so, takes we have, guys. Not. Very relevant takes. Just always know that. Joe, Joe, what the hell are we? I don't know. We're anomalies. What? We're enigmas. Um, what? Who is this podcast for? I don't know. We're we're actually like speaking to kids for some reason right now. Um, okay, so kids, Robert yeah. Vaughn. <laughs> so Robert Vaughn. <laughs> so King Tut. Oh. But, but, you know, like, so yeah, we meet these telepaths, right? But I wrote down, like, why is Brent affected by stuff, but not Nova? And then I wrote telepath, WTF, strange people in a church. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, they they don't ever go after Nova. They don't ever try to control yeah, her. Never, L- never try anything with her. Why? No clue. It's always the men that they're controlling. Yeah. There's also only one female on their council of beeping telepaths. And I'll let you explain why I said beeping. And it's not because <laughs> I meant to curse there. <laughs> so, yeah. So they essentially the second show up, they try to get him to kill Nova again. Like he's just strangling her at this point, which. Well, I mean, there's a reason. I'm going to be like honest with you, Joe. Him. I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. At this point, I did start to kind of like not pay would that you, much attention would you blank out <laughs> kind of it's so bad. blacked out on me here it's so bad uh, i've seen no, this movie so- before and i was like do i have to pay attention okay real quick before we started watching this you were like oh it's okay we can watch it separately and i'm like no uh i i cannot watch this movie by myself because i will not make it through it um <laughs> That is true. You did say that. You you were like, no, I can't do it. I also tried to subject two of my friends as well. And thank God that the stream and the video was not working. Yeah, they really lucked out to, I don't, to put them in there. I don't think they um, would have been your friends anymore. <laughs> probably not. Um, I, I'm questioning my choices. But listeners, if you did watch the ep- uh, if you did watch the movie along with us. <laughs> I hope you're having I hope fun. you're having fun listening to us uh, berate this film that we made you watch. So, OK, so you you uh, you kind of you kind of blacked out. There's a reason why they're making him attack her like he doesn't want to attack her, obviously. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he does. It's because they're interrogating him. And when, as they're interrogating him, they're showing scenes from the beginning again, as if we weren't watching the movie at the beginning. Right. I. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Uh, I love when movies do that. Oh, my God. Because it's like, do you remember that one scene like 20 minutes ago? Oh, my God. Well, here you go. There it is again. <laughs> so, yeah. So we get his whole story. Again. And they speak in beeps to him, which is crazy because it was the most annoying thing ever. Yeah. And it's like not even just like a beep. It's like a high pitched beep. For the sake of our listeners, I won't do it. I was thinking about it and I was going to do it. And now I'm not going <laughs> to. It almost felt like like I know we can't hear dog whistles, but it felt like what I think a dog would be going through. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad I was able to uh, uh, articulate that. No, you got so, it. So thank you. So I don't really have notes here until stigmata. Does anything else happen before? Oh, that? I have a ton. <laughs> i am i am ready here uh okay one these weird telepaths that are supposed to be like future race of of human who i was like oh man it's gonna be like a smarter race down here that's what it's gonna be and i actually said that to you like oh okay so we're gonna see a smarter race of people one (laughs) day yeah you're like a race of people and you you omitted smart um they worship an atomic bomb they call it the Divine Bomb, and I said that's the name of their punk band. That's a oh, I didn't even hear you say that, but that is a great name for a punk band. And the other thing is, like, they're torturing Taylor 2.0, and they're you know trying to make him kill Nova and all, and they just want him to tell them what the apes are up to. And obviously, that's Brent right. does not care for the apes. He does not want the apes to you know. He doesn't want right. the apes to win or whatever. He's just like, why not just tell them? But they do they do get the information. Right. They they do get the information out of him, which is essentially they are 
coming to the forbidden zone. Yes, they get it out by torturing him. Like, why wouldn't he just say, oh, yeah, no, this big gorilla and his and his dudes, they're coming. They're coming to get you. I'm going to say something to you. They didn't torture him, really. They're peaceful. So they, <laughs> that, mm, so, mm. <laughs> so they keep saying that they're peaceful throughout the entire thing because they don't do the violence. They make others do the violence. <laughs> Yeah, that's their idea of peace, which is insane. <laughs> and you have all this like you have all this like church and theology happening and they're like singing their songs about their divine bomb. And it's, it's a lot you know, of singing. Yeah, it's you know, it's I saw the sign is playing and, it, you know, it's just a, and it's just a poor use of theology. I get it if you want to do it well, but they didn't. The first film did such a, a, a great breakdown of church versus state religion and class system and it was all just kind of there and they built a world out of it this one was all just like what if like there's people underground and they really like bombs yeah like that well okay so now that you're going into that my next note dude this is where I started to lose it. And as you know, this is where I started to lose it because I all I wrote was Mort Abram, who was the producer slash right, he's like, writer. Waking up like everybody. <laughs> uh, Mort Abram and then Ted Post, who is the director and uh, James Francisus, who is the guy who played uh, Brent. Brent, also did tremendous rewrites, as you said. So I had to edit my note. Um, I just wrote Mort Abram sucks, Ted Post sucks, and James Francis sucks. Um, <laughs> that was my, and then I wrote this in all caps, this movie's only an hour and 34 minutes. It feels longer. Why? Oh, it feels so much longer. It feels so, so the first long. Movie's, the first movie's two hours and does not feel like it's... it's that was two hours? Oh yeah. my God. I don't even know where... Oh, wait. But, yeah, go wait, on. Wait. You, in the church, when they're singing, and then they rip their faces off the other That's people. Right. They pull their faces off right. and they have weird mutant faces. Right. So, so they're, they're all wearing like masks, human, human masks that are really well made, I got to say. Oh, they yeah. look straight no, up like no. human masks to the point where kind of like the sauna, when they take off their masks, their faces look a little bigger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Can we also talk about that? The guy who plays the... Uh, King Tut, as we said, 1960s Batman, his credit in the movie is just fat man, which I think they were trying to be like cute and make like a nuclear bomb reference from that. Uh, But also at his size. Yeah, that's not nice. It wasn't good. They want to know if the apes plan on war or peace. And they essentially find out the apes are coming to the forbidden zone. At this point, Ursus, along with Zaius and uh, Tahana gorillas are coming to the Forbidden Zone. And we finally, one thing that they do is they explain why all the weird stuff happens in the Forbidden Zone, like the lightning in the middle of the day or a giant thing of fire or the fact that Heston fell into the Super Mario Brothers movie. The psychics essentially are creating illusions that everyone sees to keep them out of the Forbidden Zone. So they at least kind of explain a little bit, but there's a point where the gorillas and Zeus and all of them, they see, I can't remember what it's called. Is it the ancient one or something like that, that, that holds the scroll? It's their sacred statue, essentially. Uh, they see it with stigmata and it's bleeding and all this stuff. And it's telling them that, you know, they're not worth it and all this stuff. And Dr. Zeus knows that he is 
the true form of God, like he is in God's image. So <laughs> being so obsessed with the faith, he runs into it and they all realize that it's just a mirage. Zayas and them finally do make it into the Forbidden Zone. Uh, I do have a note here at this point. Great acoustics in the church. Let's see. They use, and this is long before the Superman movie, Fortress of Solitude crystals <laughs> to control the nuclear device. Oh, yeah. Yep. Exactly. So like the main the main guy there, you know, Robert Vaughn is essentially uh, Jor-El. Right. So at this point, they throw uh, Brent into a jail cell. Taylor's there. Charlton Heston back right after all this yeah. time they they um, got Heston wearing clothing which is good for him so they of course make them fight each other using their psychic powers because they're peaceful right. people let's not forget that how did they get out of that oh man did I black out <laughs> uh, no, uh, when they when they put Brent in there right I mean one of my notes first is um, yeah. Heston twins that's <laughs> I wrote, oh, I wrote yeah. the Heston it's, twins, it's um, where that's when I get confused by them because they're next to each other. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to get confusing. So they get out of it because the apes have infiltrated. There's a lot of commotion going on. And then Nova appears and she finally speaks. And her first words are Taylor. Right. <laughs> and it it breaks the spell and they kill the psychic guy, mutant, whatever he is. Holy moly. I completely was not paying attention. <laughs> I've seen this movie before. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> well, how about how about the fact that uh, I did write down that Heston is the much better actor? Oh, yeah, no, um, that's true. I was like, whoa, you like you even said it yourself. You were like, yeah, you don't know what you got until it's gone. <laughs> so, yeah. So she breaks them out and then uh, the gorillas show up. And I'm very confused at this yep. point of who we're supposed to be rooting for. I think you're just supposed to be rooting for Brent, Taylor and Nova at that point. I, I don't think you're supposed to like either side. OK, I'm still not really on any side. So the gorillas show up. And of course, they shoot and kill Nova. Yeah, she dies in the most unceremonious, right. extremely way. unceremoniously, especially for having maybe the most screen time between both films. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, like she survived so much. She, she survived being a slave. <laughs> she survived. She survived. <laughs> she survived all of the groping from Heston. She survived all the man. She survived Heston's acting. She survived Brent's acting. She survived like oh, you know. <laughs> As as I said with everybody that they suck, Linda Harrison, the person who plays Nova, tried. Mm -hmm. um, as you told me, she was like, yeah, you know what? James Francis has took this way too seriously. She tried. And yeah, I feel kind of bad for her. Um, I do, too. Like, that's just damn. <laughs> yeah. So so she dies. The apes come in. They kill Robert Vaughn. And then they decide that they're pretty much going to uh, set off the nuke. So at this point, like Brent and Heston are trying to like sneak in and stop the apes from. Oh, that's right. So the apes almost set off the nuke because they're like, yeah, like Robert Vaughn was like, was going to hit the button and he could have done it very rapidly, but he had right. to say some words. I don't even know what he said anymore. Dude, he just gets blown away. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So the, the apes are now just kind of like banging on the rocket, not really knowing what it is. And Zayas is like, don't do that. Like it's, it's human technology. It's, it's going to be dangerous to all of us. I don't really understand what, uh, 
Taylor and Brent are trying to do at this point? I'm not sure either. Uh, all I wrote was like, Taylor's got a gun. Like uh, that, that was in my head. Pretty much. So Brent gets shot right in the face uh, and dies. Well, Taylor gets shot first. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Taylor's just, yeah, Taylor gets shot like, first, falls down steps. <laughs> Brent gets shot in the face. Brent does kill Ursus, though. Yes, Brent shoots Ursus, but like after that, Brent gets shot twice in the in the chest. You can see it twice in the chest. And then like very violently, I might add, because even like two years back, there wouldn't have been that kind of violence. There was just a big old bullet hole right in the middle of his head. And I was like, oh, <laughs> look at that. Like I said, this movie's got a really weird vibe to it. And I, I don't think i care for it so brent gets shot in the head and then taylor who's like dying at this point like turns to zayas and he's like help me doctor he was like why would i help you taylor um and um that was very like, good Dr. and uh so with his dying breath taylor leans to the fortress of solitude crystals and pushes them yep damn you Damn you all to hell. <laughs> you blew it up. Yeah. He uh, he pushes the red one. He yeah. just says, so, eh, uh, nuke, let's do this thing. Fade to white. A voiceover starts about how there used to be life on this planet and that there is no longer. <sighs> End of movie. Yeah. The the black screen voiceover with the with the actual written words, too. Like it says it and it's written yeah. out. So the. I yeah. think it would have been more impactful if they just left it black and just had somebody speak. Right. The fact that it fades to white makes me think it's like an Arrested Development <laughs> fade. <laughs> Year. Next time on Planet Years of the Years ahead of its time. <laughs> I made a huge yeah. mistake. Um, illusions, Michael. Illusions. Yeah, we're at the end of this. Uh, God damn it. Yeah, we are at the end of this movie. And uh, my last note, of course, is Taylor blows up the planet <laughs> what did i just watch <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> well you know it was the thing he was the most upset about in the first movie at the end he he did it himself so yep full circle i guess truly really the, the most dangerous animal man right yeah all right so that is beneath the planet of the apes joe a couple questions for you okay yeah yeah uh, where do you think the series is going i'm so interested to see what you think is we've got three more movies left in this franchise and they just blew up the earth yeah i had this uh this conversation with you um after the movie i was like how unless they <laughs> retcon the whole thing <laughs> they're just like yeah you know what he didn't blow up the planet um but then of course you know the ne the third movie is called escape from the planet of the apes so uh, the direction it's going to go like obviously somehow they're the apes are going to get off the planet like they have to like there there's no other there's no other way they could go other than somehow avoiding <laughs> avoiding an atomic blast uh, i mean yes there are certain parts of the earth that you could go to where you wouldn't get hit by an atomic blast right like you know there are those the ground zero of I'm getting way too deep. With I don't this. know. Yeah, I um, um, don't think about it because the Statue of Liberty is out in the middle of a desert. So, well, that's what you know. I mean, obviously, you know, like, OK, yes, nukes have been set off before in the world, in the real world. Has any been set off underground? I don't think so. But I would assume. <laughs> yeah, I would assume it's like the same same concept. You're going to have a ground zero and you're not going to be able to go back to that ground zero for 
X amount of time. And okay. it's usually after yeah. you're long dead. <laughs> um, but who knows how close Ape City is? Like, is it in the zone? Is it in that zone of, you know... Right. We don't know any. We don't. It seemed pretty close. Ursus uh, was able to, to the get there in about half a minute. Like, I just, I don't know where. I'm really excited for you to watch this Escape from Planet of the Apes. It's it's my personal favorite next to the original. It is a much better film than this. And you keep saying that. It is a very, very different film than this. Who do you think escapes? Well, I'm thinking Cornelius is, got, is getting off the planet. And I think Sierra is going to go because, oh, we found out Sierra is pregnant. You know, Passage of Time kind of dictated in some way. So, I mean, I'm going to assume Cornelius and Zero right. are, are, are going to escape. Dr. Zaius is obviously dead. <laughs> Taylor's going to come back to life somehow. And he's going to escape. <laughs> yeah. <No. Yeah. laughs> he's just going to be one of those mutants. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, yeah, so far, just Zira and Cornelius. And a couple of those like background chimps. Kind of the only characters that you kind of have left. <laughs> Also, the name the name of my band is Background Chimps now. That's also a very good band name. You're very good at this. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely going to be interesting. See where we kind of go from there. It does star a one Ricardo Montalban. I'm. I hope he's wearing a plastic chess piece. Like just with the hair, like I want like the full like human looking plastic chess piece, but they like glued hair. <laughs> on um, it. I don't re- I don't remember if there's a chess piece, but I will say this. He's he's very good in it. <laughs> he's good in everything. Well, yes. Also, kids, you will not know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Who are we? Um, oh, can I can I mention one big thing here? Yeah. This freaking movie made seventeen million dollars in nineteen seventy, and that just blows my damn mind. <laughs> I think it's because of the popularity of the first one, and it was also like, let's make a sequel. But also, like, how do you make a sequel to that? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think there's like two movies in here, and there's a Planet of the Apes movie that they literally rehashed from the first one. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a post-apocalyptic psychic nuclear angry people living underground. It, it's a completely different movie. Like they feel like two different films. Oh, yeah. It's like the Hills Have Eyes met Planet of the Apes. I was thinking of Boy and His Dog. And that's another reference no one will get. Yeah, I, I don't so, even get that one. Oh, good movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, film, Boy and His Dog, they go underground and there's crazy people underground. That's about it. Okay. So, yeah. Sounds about accurate. We have concluded the second Planet of the Apes. We will be heading into Escape from Planet of the Apes next week. I think next week we'll also be joined by some guests as we kind of discuss what they're expecting from this movie as well as what they get from it. Because it's a a different movie. It is a doozy, right? (laughs) It's or is this like one that. the doozy? This one's the doozy. This yeah. one's the doozy. This one's the doozy. I uh, I cannot wait to see the next one because it can only go up. Even though the first one was on an up, but it can only go up from there, right? Exactly. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of podcast of the Planet of the Apes. Again, huge shout out to uh, Louis Aronowitz for doing our theme song. Totally awesome. Big shout out to Joe for being my co-host and our guest this episode. Joe, you got anything? 
Yeah. You can follow us on Pod Planet of the Apes at Twitter and Instagram. That's awesome. If you want to follow me, Andrew, I'm at Major Plot Flaw on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow my personal page at Voices by Joe on Instagram as well. Joe, if you want to take it out, as always, with our classic catchphrase. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty mutants. That one was so much worse. Yeah. Trying, man. Take us out, as you always do, with our classic catchphrase. Beware the beast of man. That's from the first movie. Uh, Technically from the second. And Joe? (laughs) Yeah, but it's a recap. And Joe, take (laughs) us out with our classic catchphrase. Glory be the bomb. Is that an actual line from the movie, or did you, like, dub that? Oh, no, that is from the movie. I thought you were going to, like, do a spin on it. I can't think of a good one right now.